You're listening to How to Win with Mike Moore, the podcast that provides you with practical insights on how to win in every arena of life. Hello, I'm Mike Moore, and welcome to this Thursday edition of the How to Win podcast. These podcasts are based off 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. It says, now thanks be unto God who always causes us, that's you and me, causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus. Please tag a friend. Let them know that it's Thursday. We're on Facebook, YouTube. You can get us on Mike Moore Ministries. We're transitioning over to Mike Moore Ministries. Listen, we are teaching something that's going to change your life. At the end of this year, I'm going to be transitioning out as the lead pastor of Faith Chapel, and my son, Michael K., will be transitioning in as the lead pastor. So I decided I wanted to share some things that God has taught me over the years that I believe contributed to my success, the success of our church, and I believe will be a blessing to you. One of the most outstanding revelations that I've received from the Spirit of God is that God is a God of abundance. So we began this series on our last session entitled The God of Abundance. This is our second lesson. The theme of this series is developing an abundance mentality. That's what we want to do. We want to develop in you an abundance mentality. Now, in lesson one, we answered the question, what is the abundant life? You can go back on YouTube, go back on Mike Moore Ministries, and you can listen to lesson one if you missed it. Now, it's good. It is a good lesson. But we found out that the abundant life, is God wants us to enjoy the best, and he wants us to have too much. You say, what do you mean? You got to go back and listen to lesson one. In this lesson today, lesson two, we're going to talk from the subtopic, God's nature is abundance. Come on, say that. God's nature is abundance. Come on, say it one more time. God's nature is abundance. Now, let's define our term. When you talk about someone's nature, you're talking about their identity. You're talking about fundamental qualities or the character of the person which show by the way they behave. Now, when we talk about the nature of someone, we're talking about someone's habits, their usual way of doing things, the way they think, the way they feel, the way they act. We're talking about the nature of God. God is a God of abundance, and we want to establish his nature. Now, in order to receive this revelation, and I'm convinced whether you are an individual believer or you're a leader or you're 
you have your own business or ministry leader, pastor, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Listen, you're going to need resources to fulfill the vision that God has placed in your heart. You're going to have to have resources. And having an, a, a, an abundance mentality will open up the gates of heaven so that God can resource your vision. But in order to receive this revelation that God is a God of abundance, then you must have a revelation of God's nature. And God's nature is revealed in Scripture by His name. And God's nature is revealed in Scripture by His vocabulary his name, his vocabulary. In this lesson, lesson two, we're going to talk about God's name. God's nature is evidenced by his name. Now, Genesis chapter 17, verse one, I want to read it from the New King James Version. It says, when Abram, who later became Abraham, when Abram was 90 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, now we're talking about God's name, God's nature. I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be blameless. Now notice God is revealing himself and his nature to Abram. He says to Abram, I am the almighty God. Now notice the English words almighty God in the Hebrew, because the Old Testament was written, originally written in the Hebrew language. So the English words, Almighty God, in the Hebrew is El Shaddai. El Shaddai. Say that. El Shaddai. Now, El Shaddai means the all-sufficient one, the God who is more than enough. Now, I'm telling you, that is something. Now, God says, I'm the Almighty God. He's revealing himself through his name. He's revealing his nature. And in the Old Covenant, Old Testament days, a person's name meant something. Often, a person's name revealed the person's character. So God says to Abraham, I'm the Almighty God. And the English words, Almighty God, means in the Hebrew, El Shaddai. El Shaddai. El Shaddai means the all-sufficient one, the God who is more than enough. I want you to say that. The God who is more than enough. Now, Genesis 15, 1, God also reveals himself in the Amplified Bible. He says to Abram, fear not, Abram, I am your shield, that's your protection, and I am your abundant compensation. 
and your reward shall be exceedingly great. Now, notice God says, I am your abundant compensation and your reward shall be exceedingly great. God is saying, I will be more than enough for you. Whatever you need, whatever vision need you have, whether it's individual or corporate, I am El Shaddai. I am the Almighty God. I am the All-Sufficient One. I am the God who is more than enough. Now, I want you to meditate for a moment. El Shaddai is God's name in the Hebrew. El Shaddai. It means the all-sufficient one, the God who is more than enough. Now, God is revealing his nature to you, to me, to us through his name, Almighty God, El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, the God who's more than enough. Now, we know that his name communicates his nature. So I want to exhort you. I want to challenge you. I want to warn you. Don't bring God down to the level of human experience. Now, follow me. Don't bring him down. God says, this is who I am. I am the almighty God. I am El Shaddai. I am the all-sufficient one. I am the God who's more than enough. Now, that's who God is. Don't you bring God down to the level of human experience. Let me explain that to you. God is not the God of abundance because you are experiencing abundance. You say, well, I, I got plenty, so I know a God has met all my needs. I know he's the God of abundance. No, that's not the reason God is the God of abundance. God is not the God of abundance because you're experiencing abundance. Now, listen to this. Your experience of lack, you say, well, I don't have any abundance anywhere. That's news to me because I don't have any abundance anywhere. If you saw my life, you will see lack. Now, listen to this statement. Your experience of lack is not proof that God is not the God of abundance. Your experience of lack, maybe you have lack in your life. Maybe you don't have enough. Your experience of lack is not proof that God is not the God of abundance. Now listen at this statement. God is the God of abundance apart from human experience. Now, I received this revelation that God is the God of abundance around 1986. Now, I gave a up-to-date testimony in lesson one. And I talked about the fact that as a pastor, and I'm in my 42nd year, at the end of this year, it'll be 42 years and eight months, I 
presently pastor a debt-free church. And in my testimony in lesson one, I talked about the fact that we have 140 acres of land, two campuses, and 140 acres of land are all paid off debt-free. We have a 3,000-seat worship facility that costs $16 million. It's all paid for. We have a $26 million six-dome family activity center that's paid for. We have a facility downtown Birmingham that we use to minister the homeless. It's all paid for. And we, on top of that, give 10% of our incomes to others outside of our ministries. Now, we are a debt-free church. We are a prosperous church. However, I received this revelation that God was the God of abundance way back in the 1980s, around 1986. And let me share with you where we were as a church, and I'll share with you briefly where we, my wife and I were individually, per, personally. As a church in 1986, when God began to reveal to me that he was a God of abundance, we had taken out a loan, $25,000 loan, to buy a old school building, a building that had been discontinued for years. We bought this old school building. It had it was sat on it sat on a hundred three point four acres of land. It was uh, on an unpaid parking lot. No payment on our parking lot. We had old wooden pews that a church had given us. We couldn't afford to go out and buy pews, so a church gave us pews that they stopped using, and we called them pension pews because when you sat down in the pew, your dress or your coat would get caught in between the crevice of the the seats, and you get up, they pull you back down. We call them pension pews. We had these old screen doors. We had no air conditioning. We had two huge fans in our sanctuary. We had our windows boarded up because when we bought the building, some in the community did not want us in the community, and, and someone in the community began to break out our windows. So we had to board up all of our windows. We had maybe 20 adults and, uh, and children, and we counted everything. We counted chairs. We counted children. We counted adults. We counted dogs. We counted everything, maybe 20 adults. So when I say that God is a God of abundance, I received this revelation in a setting where there was no abundance anywhere. In fact, I was teaching 
one Sunday that God was a God of abundance. It was so hot in our in that school building. Remember, no air conditions. And a visitor, a young lady, I remember her sitting in the pew, sweat coming down her face, and she was looking at me and had that expression on her face that I wish you would shut up so I can get out of this hot building. It was in that setting that God began to reveal to me that he was a God of abundance. Things were, were no better in our personal life. My wife and I started off our marriage living with my mother in her four-room house, not four-bedroom, four-room house. She had a bedroom. We had a bedroom. There was a kitchen and another room in this house. We couldn't afford to live out on our own. Then we moved to a little starter house. And in that starter house, we had one uh, one air condition in one area, but it couldn't uh, cool out the whole building and the, 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 the whole house. So my wife, her nickname is Pete, she put aluminum foils on the windows to try to, you know, keep the house cool. We couldn't afford to go out and buy a new refrigerator uh, stove, so we went to a place in a nearby community and bought some used, a used stove, used refrigerator, maybe $75 a piece for it because we couldn't afford that. Uh, air condition went out in a uh, peace car because my car had broke down and so we had no air condition during the summer for, for that. Uh, we graduated from that, moved in a little starter house, but we were still struggling, believing for everything. Money to go out and eat, believing. I was believing for money, for clothes, for ties, for shoes. One time I wanted to, to buy Bye. Uh, two pair of shoes. I was going to believe God to 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 uh, get two pair of shoes for $50 and peace. So no, just might just try to believe for one pair of shoes. It was during those times when uh, Easter, my wife wanted to buy my daughter Tiffany an Easter dress. And I said, Pete, we can't afford an Easter dress. My wife looked at me like, you, you may not can afford an Easter dress, but I'm getting Tiffany an Easter dress. I'm talking about struggling. Went to a store downtown, going to buy some gifts for my our parents for Mother's Day. Two gifts. I picked up one for $6 for her mother, another one for $6 for uh, my mother, and Pete looked at me and said, we can't buy both of them. $6 a piece. $12. We couldn't afford both of them. And uh, I burst out crying. Grown man, pastor, preacher, grown man, burst out crying in the store because I couldn't afford to pay $12 for gifts. We were struggling. I'm talking about. But right in the middle of that, God was revealing to me that he was a God of abundance. Well, why don't you share the testimony about the struggle in your church and the struggle in your personal life? Because God, I go back, don't bring God down to the level of human experience. No, he's El Shaddai. He's the almighty God. He's the all-sufficient one. He's that God that's more than enough apart from human experience. And even though we were in that little discontinued school building with no air condition, 
parking lot not paved, boarded up windows, people standing away by the thousands, God will steal the God of abundance. Even though in our personal life, we were looking in between the seats uh, of our uh, chairs and our car to find money to go out and eat, couldn't afford to go on a vacation. Friends would pay for us to go out on a vacation, believing God for clothes, believing God for everything, believing God to pay bills, believing God for everything. God was the God of abundance in spite of what we were experiencing. And I'm saying to you, regardless of your circumstances, God is the God of abundance apart from human experience. He was just as much the God of abundance when we were in that little old school and now we're in this huge campus and multi-million dollar facilities all paid for. He didn't become the God of abundance when we experienced it. He was the God of abundance when we were experiencing lack. So don't bring God down to the level of human experience. So the law of vision states that if you cannot see it, you cannot have it, if you cannot see it, you can not have it. Genesis chapter 13, verse 14 through 15, listen at what the text says in the New King James Version, Genesis 13, 14, 15, it says, and the Lord said to Abram, after Lot has separated from him, now, sometimes we've got to separate from things, separate from mindsets, and separate from people. Lot was a distraction. Lot was a hindrance. Now, Lot was Abraham's nephew, and Abraham felt some sense of responsibility for his nephew because his brother had died and he felt a fatherly concern for his deceased brother's child, Lot. But Lot was a distraction. He never should have had, took him with him into the land that God promised, but he did. God blessed Lot, but Lot did have not have a God consciousness. So Lot left, took the best land, went over to Sodom, set up camp at Sodom. And the Bible says that the Lord appeared to Abraham after Lot was separated from him. Now listen, he said this to Abraham, lift up your eyes now, lift up your eyes now, and look from the place where you are. Look from the place where you are. Look northward, southward, eastward, westward, for all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. Now notice God said to Abram, don't look at where you are. And that's what he's saying to you. Okay, don't look at your circumstances. Don't look at where you are 
financial way. Don't look at where your church or your business or your ministry or, or whatever it is. Don't look at where you are. Look from where you are. Because if you can't see it, you can't have it. That's the law of vision. So God says, Abram, look from where you are. And then he says, look northward, eastward, southward, westward. In every place you see, whatever you see, I give. He says, for all the land which you see, I'll give. Now, so here's the question. God, we've seen from Scripture, He's the God of abundance. He's El Shaddai. He's the Almighty God. He's the All-Sufficient One. He's the God that's more than enough. So, what or who are you focus on are you focused on your limitations are you focused on your weaknesses your circumstances are you focused on your age it's too late for me I wish I had known this earlier are you focused on the economy the government are you focused on your job? Are you focused on your business? Are you focused on your bank statement? Are you focused on the prices at the gas pump, the prices of groceries in the store? I read, uh, notice a feed came up on, on my uh, phone this morning. It says, that we're experiencing in our country, America, we're experiencing inflation at the highest rate in 40 years. So are you focused on the inflation? Are you focused on the, the price at the gas pump? Are you focused on the price of groceries or you focus on your utility bills what what are you focused on god is the god of abundance now are you focused on him and that's what i had to do my wife and i had to shift our focus from our present condition we had as a i had as a pastor to shift my focus from that small school building discontinued school building with no air conditioning, screen doors. I mean, uh, just, just crude, just, just not prosperous anywhere, nowhere, unpaid parking lot, and just an old building. No, I had to look from where I was through renewing my mind. Now, listen at this. Our potential in life is not measured by our personal resources. Now, that's a good word for you. Your potential now in God is not measured by your personal resources, not, me not measured 
God doesn't measure your potential by your skill or by your talent or by the time that you have or uh, the, the money that you have or don't have, the influence that you have or don't have. God doesn't measure your potential by your personal resources. In fact, if you're over an organization or over a ministry or a leader of a church or a leader of an organization, God does not measure your potential by your corporate resources. If you're a pastor, God doesn't measure your potential by the number of members you have, your bank statement. Your business person, God does not measure your potential by your present revenue, by your present needs. That's not how God measures your potential. Now listen at this. Our potential in God, we're talking about the God of abundance. Our potential is measured by the Almighty God. Now follow me. Our potential in life is measured by El Shaddai. Our potential in life is measured by the all-sufficient one, the God who is more than enough. So, when we think about our potential, our potential is measured by God, El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one, the almighty God, our potential is measured by God working with us. In Mark chapter 16, verse 20, after God commissioned the disciples to go forth with the Great Commission, the Bible says they went and preached the word everywhere. And notice, God was working with them, the Bible says. El Shaddai was working with them, confirming the word with signs following. Our potential is not just measured by God working with us. Our potential is measured by God working through us. El Shaddai the all-sufficient one, the God that's more than enough, working through us. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Christ working in us. Christ in us through his spirit. Christ in us through God himself living in us. El Shaddai lives on the inside of you. If you're a believer, if you're born again, then El Shaddai lives on the inside of you. The God that's more than enough, the almighty God, the all-sufficient one, the God that's more than enough lives on the inside of you. And it, your potential is measured by him, God, that's the God of abundance, working through you. But our potential is not just measured by God working with us and God working through us, but our potential is measured by God working 
for us. Philippians 4.19 says, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply. El Shaddai, the almighty God shall supply. The all sufficient one, the God that's more than enough shall supply all your need according to his riches. The God that's more than enough. The God of abundance. I hope you're getting blessed. The reason why we fall short in life the reason why we fall short individually, the reason why we fall short in our ministries, and even some of us are falling short in our churches because we're not focused on the Almighty God. We're not focused on El Shaddai. We're not focused on the God that's the all-sufficient one, the God that's more than enough. We're focused on our natural resources. When God instructed us to complete a 3,000-seat dome sanctuary, and he instructed us to do it debt-free at Faith Chapel, we had never had that much money come through our offerings, our tithes and offerings. Had never, we had never seen that kind of income flow. But when God spoke to us to build this sanctuary debt-free, and he wanted it to seat 3,000, he wanted to have 3,000 seats, he told us to not borrow the money. Now, I don't believe borrowing is a sin, but he told us not to borrow the money. Then God was measuring our potential not by our membership. He was measuring our potential not by our bank statement. He wasn't even measuring our potential by us. He was measuring our potential by himself. He was measuring our potential to build this building debt-free because he is the Almighty God, because he is El Shaddai, because he is the all-sufficient one, because he is the God that's more than enough, because he is our abundant compensation. That's what he was saying to us. I am your abundant compensation, and your reward shall be exceedingly great. So if you're a pastor or a leader or whatever, if God has spoken to you, then he wants you to not focus on your bank statement, not focus on your present resources, not focus on your membership. He wants you to focus on himself. He is the God of abundance. Now, listen at this. God reveals himself in two ways. He reveals his nature through his name, and that's what we've been talking about, and he reveals himself through his vocabulary. Now, I want to conclude talking about his name. I want to conclude with this statement, and I want you to think for just a moment. Abundance is God's will because his will 
has to be and is consistent with its nature. I'm going to say that again. Abundance is God's will because his will has to be and is consistent with his nature. Now watch this. Dogs bark because barking is consistent with the nature of a dog. Dogs don't talk and hold personal conversations with us because talking and holding personal conversations with individuals is not consistent with the nature of a dog. So God's will is abundance because abundance is God's nature. His will has to be consistent with his nature. Therefore, God could not ever give you a little of anything. If it's a little house that you're living in, if it's a little money that you have, if it's little money that you give, it is impossible for God to give you a little of anything because little bits, little things are inconsistent with his nature. I want you to just hold on to that for a minute. Now, that may be difficult for you to swallow. If you have a little of anything, it is because you have a little of those things, not because God gave you a little, because his will has to be consistent with his nature. If his nature is abundance, then his will has to be abundance. And herein lies why many prayers go unanswered. Because we're asking God for a little. We're asking God for enough. The Bible says in James 4, 2, the B part of the verse, James 4, 2, you have not because you ask not. Verse 3 says, and you ask and you receive not because you ask amiss. You're missing it and you're asking that you may consume it upon your lust. So, asking for a little is a selfish prayer. Asking for enough is a selfish prayer. And that's why God cannot answer our selfish prayers because he is the God of abundance, the God that's the all-sufficient one, the God that's more than enough. Now, when you begin to ask for more than enough, then you'll find more of your prayers being answered. Now, you got to go back and meditate on that. Now, in our next session, we're going to show you from the word that God's nature is revealed through his vocabulary. Now, this is powerful stuff. So you got to go back and you got to meditate on it. And I believe God is going to give you a revelation that will change your life. Thank you so very much for joining us. And we look forward to seeing you next time. And I want you to have a great, great rest of the week. Mm -hmm.